Welcome to Talk Design Show, where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey, your host, and having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. Hi, I'm Adrian Ramsey, and I am the host of Talk Design. Now, I started this podcast because I have a fascination and a passion for design. My own life has been a story of design from when I was a small child right through till today. And I love design. I love what it does. I love how it interacts with people. I love how it makes people's lives better. So I started the podcast so that we could talk to and unwrap design thinking from all kinds of experts around the world. My guest on Talk Design today is Peter Tui from Tui Architects. Now, Peter has been on the show before, and he is an amazing musician. Um, And so we are going to ask him to create an intro and an outro for this, but we won't do it live. But we will have that because if you go back and listen to his previous one, he is quite the guitarist. Mm -hmm. Got one for you. Perfect. So, Peter, I've got a bunch of questions that I want to really dig into with you. And so I'm going to be on the clock and uh, want to find our way through these. And welcome back to Talk Design. It is always a pleasure. In fact, I think this is your third trip around Talk Design, one with Heather Folding as well. It could be the third. Yeah. 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 And it's so enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me back. It's always a pleasure. It's all, the pleasure's all mine, trust me. And I want to um, I want to say with these questions that uh, I think we could get something you know, really special out of these um, that would be really interesting for all listeners. It's, uh, it's more than just for ourselves, really. I mean, Exactly. You know. But So I have a plan here, Adrian. Of and course. my plan is, is exactly Jack White's plan at the beginning of It Might Get Loud, which is a movie I do recommend for everybody. And, uh, and he's... At the beginning, he's it's uh, it's Jack White, the Edge from U2, and then Jimmy Page, obviously of Led Zeppelin. They all come together for a jam session. That's the entire movie, but they come together, you know, from three different angles. And Jack White, at the very beginning of the movie, leans into the camera and he goes, "The only reason I'm here is to steal all their ideas." And so that's what I'm going to do with you. I'm stealing all your ideas, and uh, and so that's uh, so I'm going to bounce the questions back because I'm interested in your answers even more than my answers frankly you are a thief let's do it man all right (laughs) i'm here to steal too trust me (laughs) steal cheat beg borrow whatever i have to do yeah all of it all of the above (laughs) um so let's kick off with you know some some sort of uh, basic questions which is one that often comes up which is what's the difference between a house and a home like what what is that and and it's different for different people, but when your vision, your vision of it, and then also how you vision it with your clients. So house yeah, versus so the, home. Yeah. So the first thing I, I always think about is my, my clients are affected by the spaces that they're in, right? Which is, uh, which is, I think, true to some degree of everyone, but I think it's more true of anyone who would hire an architect. Why would you? hire an architect if you want. So mm. the um so I think a house is you know four walls and a roof and that you can be 
safe in, you can, um, you know, sleep comfortably, you can, you can do everything that's required to live, right? Yeah, it gives you, it gives you the basics, like it's shelter, it's security, it, um, it, it, it is functionally what it needs to be, like, it's got a roof, it's got whatever, yep. But a home, on the other hand, is now that's designed specifically for the person who lives in it. And it's designed so that that person, that family, though, that couple thrives. Ooh, so, so, really? Right. Yeah. So, so to me, it's, it's as simple as creating um, daily activities that make you feel good about yourself. As I'll just give you one example. One of my clients said to me years ago, said like, I don't think I'm really supposed to say this. <laughs> well, I already know you are. <laughs> Whatever comes after that preamble is always awesome. I'm ready. <laughs> right. She goes, it's, it's for me, it's always beautiful to start my day every morning in this shower because I feel like a million bucks because the shower is such an invigorating place for me. And I knew it would be, you know, because we designed it very specifically for her and her husband. And she was, you know, um, when she said it, she's blushing a little bit, but but it was true. And so, how can we do that in the you know master suite? How can we do that 100%. in the dining? How can, yep. Right. How, how can we get that in the kitchen? How, how do we get that feeling that um, supports each space? Well, right. Each space supports to getting that feeling would be the better way. So the space creates that feeling. Right. Yeah, I've got it. I've I've got a, a, a sort of like an interjection, which Go. is. So not everybody has the luxury or the privilege of having a home designed for them. In fact, mm. um, I know probably 80% of the architects that I know, and there's a lot, um, don't live in a house they've designed for themselves. So they live in a right. house that's been renovated or that they've done something to. Mm -hmm. um, so taking that thought Every one of them would tell you, and not just the architects, most people would tell you their home. And so the ability does still exist. In fact, it exists on a broader scale than the opposite for uh, anybody to make whatever the structure they live in their home. Um, I'm designed for them or not designed for them. Mm -hmm. So, so my, I'm going to agree and disagree all at the same time. Uh, which is fair. I'm a licensed architect, so I can do. Um, so anyway, the uh, part of the job. Exactly. I wish I didn't have. To. Um, so so on the uh, uh, on the disagree part. So so in America, and maybe this is more pronounced here than other places. Houses are mass produced. Uh, you know, and Australia as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and so what they're doing is they're they're mass producing for efficiency. They're mass producing for how can they sell this the quickest, mm -hmm. right? So so efficiency from a building perspective, but a selling perspective, and um, and then their efficiency from a cost perspective. How can I make this house for as little money as possible and sell mm -hmm. it for as much money as possible? And that's ninety six percent of all American houses. Yeah, right? and so and I'd say it's very similar in Australia, very right. similar. And, and so what we're doing is we're trying to create literally a work of art that people oh, can live. I totally agree with you there that that's what a custom home is. Mm -hmm. But 
that my could my, you customize right could you customize a regular house a hundred percent we know that because you do yep. you know, when you renovate something you can but mm -hmm. a home is beyond a physical shift it's an emotional shift right and you know like i, I remember back to um probably not so much me personally but i could give the example but back to when i first ever you know moved out of home and um and went flatting and where i went to i, I flatted on my own just because i'm uptight enough about you know where the salt and pepper yeah. sits or whatever um right. <laughs> um I, I so i i just got my own little flat and in it i remember distinctly my parents coming it was 400 miles away from my parents that was a, a deliberate move and uh -huh. it was 400 miles away from them and um they came to visit and they said oh you've made it into a really lovely home and mm. uh, i'd never really had this distinction before right. but of course i just made it all about me because i didn't have to make it about anybody else and yes it was only done with decor yeah. Because I didn't shift a damn thing. There was nothing to shift. You know, the oven stayed where the oven was. And I, I thought to myself, I remember this so distinctly. Yeah, because it's it, because this is just how I want it. It doesn't matter yeah, how so anybody else wants it. So emotionally, I'd shifted to making it my own. And, 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 and so here's my question. When you moved out of that flat, yeah. how long did you miss it? Oh. Yeah, good call. Um, I don't think I remember missing it even slightly. <laughs> yeah. So, so, the, so I, I have a customer who, uh, client, who they uh, were offered a job in Indianapolis, so you know half the United States away or whatever, and they decided to say yes. They couldn't say no to this opportunity, but they didn't sell their house right? because so that was a home, could, right? And they wanted to, in you know, three, maybe at the most five years, move back into their uh -huh. little uh -huh. slice of heaven right here on Earth, and which is exactly what they did. And so, so to me, for you to go back to you is, you know, I, I think that people can make in almost any environment that they're in a uh -huh. real go at, at making a home, mm -hmm. and maybe even succeed at a level that's important and valuable, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but to get like the whole, you know, kit and caboodle or whatever, however you want to say that, I think you really have to invest the money, but not not necessarily in the um, in the construction, but it'll be there too. But the time that, mm -hmm. that it mm -hmm. takes for mm -hmm. someone, you have to find someone who's really interested in interviewing you and finding those kernels of truth that are true for you. And, and, and what most of my clients end up saying is something like, you know, this, yes, this is uh, my dream home. I just didn't realize my dream home could be this nice. You know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it because takes them beyond. And, and, that, exactly. and that's the marrying of, um, you know, like taking the skill that you have right. and, uh, and hey, the architectural skill, that's, you know, let's just say that a reasonable level of that's a passport. You've got to have that to do what you're doing, mm -hmm. to, to be able to design. The next skill is, is to hear people to empathize with them, mm -hmm. to understand the nuances of how that is, to be able to add innovation and creativity to it. All that, right. And then to be able to tailor that to them and then all the 
past solutions that you've found is to, to hear them, but not necessarily be, be owned by them, maybe guided to be able to open up conversation or to be able to pull the people forward. Because the next thing is, is that this is all imagination at this point. Mm-hmm. We can draw it on paper, but it's all imagination. This thing, there's, I, I want to talk about not right now necessarily, but about what you do with VR, but that, that point of it's a massive leap into the future yeah. because it could be two years from the time that you sit down and the time that they move in or three years. So it's a massive leap into yeah. the future. Yeah. And then you're also looking further beyond that. Yeah. And it's, um, and, and what I think happens hopefully sooner rather than later is, is my clients. I'd be shocked if you said something different, but you know, disagree um, is my, my clients after a short amount of time, understand that I'm, I'm asking questions and follow-up questions and really digging into anything that is uh, in any way um, uh, even slightly, I'm gonna say unusual, um, mm-hmm. but, but everybody has things about them, the quirks, you know, that they, they like, you know, whatever it is, the broom to be on the right side, not the left side, whatever. Yeah. And, you, and finding those, whatever those are, and, um, and, you know, and really wanting to find them. So to me, the part, part of, the, of being a residential architect mm-hmm. is the desire to want to find, you know, what makes the clients, you know, what's going to make them thrive. And, uh, uh, and yes, I've designed it. Yeah. And, and then having the talent to actually do it. Um, yeah, so, to be able to mix all those things together and to know what will happen um, especially when you look at volume of space where we started, to know what will what emotions that will evoke because exactly they very unlikely that they um, describe. They're not yeah, going to say yeah, yeah. But we know that when um, if we add a certain volume to it, it will change certain things and it will change right. how they feel. I always think of my first um, Frank Lloyd Wright experience. Uh, of going into one of his homes and, you know, I'd heard of him and all the rest as everybody had. And um, it was in Los Angeles and the guide was explaining how that, you know, the entrance was dark on one side and a little glimmer of light on the other, and it was compressed down. And then we went through the door. And once we went through the door, we were still held in the dark, but on the left-hand side, there was a shaft of light that was coming and, I've used this a million times since. You will walk towards the light. Exactly. Yeah. And And that uh, volume shift is, it blows you away. The volume shift, you go, it's like somebody taking a heavy coat off you. And all of a sudden you go, oh, well, I feel lighter. As Yeah. yeah. Emotionally, it's releasing you. So one of my my, uh, clients, favorite clients from years gone by, uh, her name was Karen, and we redesigned her house and that we did exactly that trick so she pulled into her garage then it was into a mudroom everything is is you know the ceilings are are compressed slightly yeah right and then the uh the hallway aren't as gracious as i'll use in the bedroom area and that kind of thing so everything's a little bit compressed and then you walk out and and it uh into this kitchen sort of breakfast area the volumes are soaring all of a sudden and um and then, uh, so she, Karen, is is showing my dad through the house. And then she goes, now, 
Jim, you know, to my father, yeah. Jim, are you feeling the compression here? <laughs> exactly. And then she go walk out and now the release, are you yeah. feeling that? And then and this is beautiful. See, he felt it, you know, and, uh, and it was hilarious that she, you know, cause I told her what I was doing and she paid attention. Yeah. And then she actually, so this is the interesting part with that. It gave her um, a, a feeling Mm-hmm. But one that one that she was set up to have, but B, mm-hmm. it gave her a um, a personal journey that right. she could share. So if if let's just say I'd gone to um, that house and they'd said nothing, I'd walk down and I'd just like like these people's guests had, I'd come mm-hmm. in. I'd looked around for where the hell the door was because it was dark and I'd, I'd gone, you know, shit, there's a lot of big, heavy concrete block over the top of me. Um, mm-hmm. And then found the door, rung the bell, whatever, or opened the door and then gone in and gone, oh God, you know, like it's over there. That must be where I head. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder what that journey would have felt like if somebody hadn't explained what I was going to feel and what I was, what I was not, not going to feel what I was going to experience. Um, so, yeah. So, so that particular one, the one that Frank Wright did yeah. and that Frank, I copied, I mean, yeah, I, you yeah, know, I've yeah, been in Frank yeah, right now yeah. been, and he probably copied from someone else, whatever um, is. Well, the idea is kind of almost a cave. It yeah. starts and out then, narrow but, at the entrance and then it lets you go. Right. And, and it's, and so the feeling that people get is predictable in the same way mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that when you go to a ballet, that the feeling that the, the ballet, you know, because of the music is a certain way and the dance is a certain way, this is going to evoke a certain type, a of, certain emotion. type of emotion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it could be, you know, thrilling or it might be beautiful somber, it might be sad, whatever, the yeah, ballet, whatever. Yeah, yeah. All of that. So when Funny, it, even, um, and, um, so, so with the spaces though, that, that space is, is an uplifting space and, and people feel like, like what you said, you know, the load has been lifted off their shoulders, yeah, yeah. but they feel it every single day. So, uh, so this isn't one that. That's right, part of the joy of it. So, so exactly. when you're doing a, um, you know, when you're doing something where it's uh, within the house, um, shifting the emotional feel from room to room is another mm-hmm. great key. And mm-hmm. I'd be interested in, in how you do that from the perspective of, say, a master suite. Now, I don't actually like to call them a master suite because I don't kind yeah. of go the Lord Master thing. Um, yeah. but, but that main bedroom owner's area. Suite. Yeah, the owner's suite. Yeah, that's a yeah. far nicer term. Um, so, how do you do it? How do you set up the similar emotional journeys or, with volume? Um, and obviously there's flow, but let's just go with what what. What do you find yeah, so, works for volume? Yeah, so so what I tend to do is is um, is I start with my clients, and this this will answer the question. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know you're working. Um, so I start with with uh, uh, I, I I give this theoretical question to my clients. So what if I was super nice and unbelievably wealthy and decided to give you the clients free dinner to your favorite restaurant? once a month for a whole year, right? Or instead of that, you can go to um, your favorite restaurant twice and then 10 other restaurants, by definition, not your favorite, 
you know, people are mo more people will choose that option. Oh, I've never been to this restaurant. Uh, I want, oh, uh -huh. let's try it. Yep. And I, oh, it, this, this, this. So, so I'm always consciously, you know, when people say what's the best ceiling height for a, a, a house or a space or a floor in a house, there is no good ceiling height. Yeah. The only good ceiling height is when it goes up and down. And so <laughs> One that you don't have to bend your head over to walk around. Okay. It. <laughs> okay, no. um, but, but to me, if, if the ceiling height is 10 feet, uh, yep. you can convert to meters. Yep. Um, and it's all 10 feet. Well, that's a mistake. And if it's nine feet, it's a, still a mistake. 12 feet, still a mistake. Yeah. Um, but if there's some 12, 10, 9, and just a little bit of 8 yep. feet, that, that could be magnificent. And so there's then I the shift. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm trying to create spaces for intimacy, trying to create spaces for people to expand into. So if you have um, like one of the homes I designed years ago now uh, was for somebody who entertained a lot. They were um, uh, did a lot of political fundraising. And so they would not be unusual for them to have 50 people in their house. Right. It's their so, job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so we needed a space that was commensurate with this. Mm -hmm. um, but, but for me, they also needed a space where, you know, the, the couple could be just uh -huh. on their own. Uh -huh. And and so, so we needed this glorious sort of space. Large, that, great, great voluminous space that, that could hold people and hold conversation and all the rest, exactly. but then intimate space that can be just tight and, and, um, and meaningful, you know, like in a deeper level. Mm. And, 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 um, and so one of the things that I get from time to time is, that one or the other of a couple will say that they want their, their owner's suite to be really big. And then yeah. the other one says they want it to be really small uh -huh. and, and, and they even want cozy. And uh -huh. so I said, that's not a problem. And they said, well, they're opposites. It's like, oh, I, don't, I never think of anything really quite as opposites. So in that case, I'll, I'll vault the ceilings pretty high, get a little window way up high and maybe even some dormers so that the lights coming in, uh, you know, almost like a, a church where those, you know, that you can mm -hmm, see the mm -hmm. shaft of light streaming yep. in. And then, so then that person who wants it big says, Oh, I got big. See, see, look yeah. how tall, see how tall the ceiling is. Yeah. Right. But then I bring that whole ceiling down so that the person who wants it cozy can reach up and touch the ceiling just as it touches the wall, yeah. keeping the doors away from that. So yeah. now they're feeling cozy in the same spot. And yeah. then I might do some stuff with color and, um, mm -hmm. you know, so that, mm -hmm. And lighting, so, so, yeah, exactly, and and um, and even um, like like with a with an owner's suite, I might make the the headboard, you know, custom headboard tall in the room so everything feels shorter because of the, you know of, of perspective. Gotcha, I like right? that. So, yeah, so it's always about trying to uh, figure out what they what they want when they when I ask them what they want and then what the follow-up questions are so I can really understand. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, just on that point, because mm -hmm. I think it's really fascinating because that is exactly like, you know, the use of volume to create mm -hmm. these things. Um, if you are an architect um, or a designer that does the, uh, the structural element, you know, the, the, the massing and the volume of the home and all the rest, yep. but you do not do the interiors. Mm. And you just talked about the headboard. Uh, I have this massive sort of thing where I go, I, I don't know how they separate to tell you the truth. Um, 
and and at times I, I I we do interiors as well, but I work with other interior people, and it's it's a fun collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like when 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 I draw something, if I'm drawing a bedroom, I'm drawing it even if I'm just drawing the floor plan, I'm drawing it in three D in my head. Right. So I'm already exactly. playing in my head in three D, and I'm that's already playing with what the mass of the structure of the house is going to be like. And where will my ceilings be? And will they be trusts or will, will they be rafters or how will the thing be constructed? And then I'm going, where's the, how do I create that, say, intimacy? Um, how, do, how do I pull that together? And with it, it it's sort of like a, a conundrum of you've, you've got all these things happening, but if they turn around and they go, oh, well, yes, all that, but then they just have a bed that sits in the room because you haven't been in control of the next step. Or when I say in control and in, in influence over the next step of how that interior is, what happens so, then? Yeah. So what I do is uh, I know I, you, I know you cheat with this by the way, but I we'll do. get to that. <laughs> um, so, so what I do is two things. One um, I, I do, you know, about half of the houses I do the interiors. So, mm-hmm. so now mm-hmm. I'm in control of that. Mm-hmm. But the ones I like even more, uh, well, they're different, is, is the collaboration with an interior designer. And there's about three here in the Baltimore area um, that, that collaborate really well with me, which I'm going to say is a compliment. Not everyone would agree. Um, but <laughs> let's, let's for them or for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the, um, but, but what, what happens is, is we, the interior designer and I get together and then um, talk about, you know, let's say again, the owner's suite and what that's going to feel like. Yep. And then yep. they'll say something like, oh, it needs to be, um, you know, very intimate because she said something and maybe I didn't get that from yeah. her or him, whichever. Yep. And, and so, you know, I'll say, are you sure? Because my notes say the opposite oh, no, I dug into this because she said this or whatever it is. So, so the collaboration is always, um, you know, what are we doing and how are we making that come mm-hmm. true? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. once that we're both satisfied, not just me, not just mm-hmm. in this case, they're all three women, but that doesn't have to be. One of my two of my favorite interior designers uh, were men here in Baltimore. Uh, one has since passed away. So you can see I'm getting old. Yeah. And the other one is now retired. But He died but young. Were, uh, yeah, he did actually. And, and again, his, his name was Michael Hall and he was phenomenally talented. Yeah. So, um, so, and, and I would say every once in a while, like if, if he and I disagree to the client, don't listen to me, you know, Michael. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, just listen <laughs> yeah. to what Michael was saying. Yeah. Right. Um, but I do want to get very, um, you know, I want to feel really comfortable with the direction of the interior design because mm-hmm. it's again, where that, um, the happiness and that thriving is going to come from is that interior design and, and the, and the volumes and then the, how those volumes are articulated and all that. And so, so to me, it's um, it, their job, the interior designer's job is critical on the path. Yeah. You know, as is the landscape architect, as is the contractor, uh, as is, as is every part. Yeah. But the fact is, is you live in a home, the house, not not yeah. just outside not just Gazing outside of it yeah lovingly yeah. at the facade yeah yeah you design the perfect facade but like actually uh we go through that 
<laughs> yeah, pretty quick. Like three yeah, seconds yeah, and then we're back. Right. In fact, we drive through the garage. <laughs> we're yeah. done. Okay, so that was house versus home. I think there was some awesome stuff in there. Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, well, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will. <laughs>